Today's guest on the Manlyhood Mancast is Rafa Conde. We're going to hear about what it means to have the mindset of a warrior right after this. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast. And here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and listen, today's episode is an interview with the great Rafa Conde. He is the leader of Man of War. From his time in law enforcement, his martial arts training, he pulls in what he believes is the mindset of a warrior and helps men to step into all that they were meant to be. Before we get into that interview, I just want to encourage you, please leave a comment on this video, if you're watching it on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe. If you're listening to this on our podcast on Spotify or Apple, please leave a rating, a review, and share this episode with somebody that you think would like it. I appreciate you, the Manlyhood Movement, for stepping up and doing what you can to help us spread the word. Rafa, brother, it is great to have you on the show. It's been a really exciting to see the work that you're doing, and I think that your conversation with our listeners will be some good stuff today. So I'm kind of looking forward to, to talking with you. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Uh, honored to be on your podcast. Thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing with, it's the Man of War Crucible, right? Man of War is your brand that you're building. Yes. Uh, about five years ago, we started Man of War, basically took off. I mean, it started with a podcast just like yours. We got new, new noteworthy uh, for 10 weeks. Uh, it just blew up all of a sudden. I had no idea really uh, that it would have such a strong impact. Um, and um, so it started with a podcast. Then after sitting and doing the podcast for, for a few months, I said, you know what? Uh, we need a rite of passage, right? Men need a rite of passage in our society. It's pretty much non-existent. So um, I decided to start building a program based on my experience. A lot of the studies I've studied um, martial arts for a very long time, uh, really, really dove into the warrior mindset. That's really what I've been studying for the last 25 years, a warrior mindset. And of course, um, in quest of that warrior spirit. So the uh, men of war started from the ground up. Uh, we, we developed a, a program uh, taking men out for five days. The goal was to break them down completely and then transform them into a modern day warrior. Uh, basically, uh, there's a little bit of confusion about what a modern day warrior, everybody immediately jumps into police officers or, or soldiers. Or, uh, but the reality is that from the man of war perspective, our philosophy, uh, a, man of, uh, a man of war or a warrior minded man um, goes much deeper than just, um, you know, a guy that, you know, totes a gun and um, goes out there and, and, and fights wars. So uh, the development of Men of War Crucible started from the ground up. We, we had our first group in and we developed uh, specific uh, confidence challenges, a lot of PT, a lot of different uh, uh, team building exercises. Uh, but more importantly, the core for the Men of War Crucible is for you to be able to face your fears. 
Okay. When you go in there, be prepared to face your feel, your fears. We do not uh, film that. Uh, that's called our blackout phases. And as the Man of War Crucible evolved um, and grew, um, the evolution of the entire um, <clears throat> Crucible just you know took on an entire beast. And right now we're going into our 10th group, uh, very different than group one. Uh, we have evolved and, and we have now the specific um, challenges and confidence drills and fear factors that um, are all about building that internal warrior, uh, which is, um, and, and we've seen so many men at this point, and we have our men of war society, which is the brotherhood of men who graduate after this men of war crucible. And we've seen these men act, I mean, it's unbelievable uh, the way that the society has grown and really uh, to see these men flourish as stronger husbands, fathers, leaders, visionaries. Um, that is for us, uh, for me personally, my vision, my goal, my ultimate goal is to reach a million men, put them through some type of program, whether it's the crucible, we have a couple of different programs out there also, but I want to be able to touch lives. Yeah, definitely. I can see, I can see as I'm watching what you're doing, I can see that happens. You can see the looks on some of these guys' faces when they start to realize, okay, here we go. I'm pushing through this. So tell me a little bit about, you talked about that idea of the rite of passage. And I think about that a lot. Like our culture doesn't have it. You know, you go from being a, a, a kid to a grown up kid. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, <clears throat> so there's, there's two different outlooks, right? Usually it's the, it's the outlook where, you know, you go from a, from a teenager to a man, which is the common theme, you know, that's how we view rites of passages throughout. But when you study rites of passages and you, and you study the warrior cultures, it goes a little bit deeper than that. Um, it's literally a transition into something very, very different in your life. It, it's a transformation. Uh, the Japanese have something called misogi, which is the cleansing of the body, mind, and spirit. Um, and you, you go into this program one way and you come out the other. The idea of this rite of passage is to be able to cross that threshold into the gates of the man of war society. Now, in this man of war society, it's a brotherhood of very, very active men who are constantly holding each other accountable, uh, who are pushing each other to be better who are basically, you know, in, in this type of society, you're rubbing shoulders with men from very, very powerful walks of lives. And to surround yourself in that circle, because I'm a big believer that who a man surrounds himself with ultimately will help him in life in pretty much every way, shape, or form. Um, so uh, what we do here in, in the, in the Man of War Crucible and how we attach it to this rite of passage is once they get to a level where they where they graduate, uh, their ultimate graduation is stepping into this man of war society where the real work begins. Um, and it is definitely a transformational experience. Um, it's, you can call it spiritual in nature. You can call it, uh, you know, emotional, psychologically, it's definitely there. I mean, typically when these men reach to that apex where they've been, been beaten down so low and they've had to fight through, you know, mental checks and then physicality and, and mentality and just confusion and anxiety. Uh, and they get to a point where they can rise up and be victorious. Wow. You know, that, that's, that's huge to me. That is 
you got to take the beating in, in, the, in the bottom end and then you got to rise up. That is a rite of passage to me. So we don't have that in our society. And I wish that there would be more programs out there that would have something similar. The problem with that is everyone has a different philosophy. And when there's so many different philosophies of what a true rite of passage is, um, unfortunately, the very politically correct crowd makes these programs weak. And there's a, you know, everybody passes it. You know, a true rite of passage, every, it's not everyone that steps in passes and graduates. That's, that, I mean, if you study back in all the way to the 1500s, you know, starting from the Knights Templars, even the Spartans going back and um, you look at the, the Vikings, they had their own rituals of making men stronger and crossing the gate into being a, a higher elite warrior. And you see it in our military and you see it in our law enforcement for SWAT teams and military for teams like the special forces and so on. But uh, we are missing that big time in our society. Um, and I am going to make sure that we bring it to the forefront, especially for men who are, um, you know, growing as individuals. Yeah. I'm kind of hearing that this idea that men need to be challenged and be to be pushed. It's not just a one-time passage. You know, we, we're constantly going through passages throughout our life. And, and so, okay, so you've done this. So now it's time for another one, you know, mm -hmm. now it's time for the next level for us to level up, you know? Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, we, we live by, something called the warrior matrix and this warrior matrix, one of the most powerful uh, virtues and principles in that warrior matrix is Kaizen, right? It's constant improvement. It's, you know, every day we hack away the unessentials and we build little by little by little, we get stronger, wiser. Um, we don't let age get to us. Um, so absolutely every day we should be able to challenge ourselves, push ourselves, uh, and get through discomfort. That's just the way it goes. Um, however, I will say something, not every man, and, and this is where um, the biggest challenge happens, <clears throat> is that men feel like, well, you know, I push myself a little bit here and a little bit there, and I'm constantly improving. And yeah, I've, I've pushed myself. But I can assure you that going through the crucible, there is something very... <laughs> It, it's, it's dynamic inside of a person. And once you cross that, you feel like you have a real foundation for the rest of your life. And that's what most men that go through this will, will immediately say, right? They have a foundation and we have a lot of guys that are vets. We have a lot of guys that are, you know, law enforcement or firefighters and they differentiate this program because they feel like there's something underlying there and it's, we focus a lot on the warrior principles and the warrior cultures and the way that they would adapt and overcome strategies um, and excuse me, not strategies, but adversity and what type of strategies they would implement during the times of need when the times where they needed to step up and, and lead. So while yes, I agree with you, you know, that every man needs to constantly challenge themselves there's also, you got to push yourself at at least one or twice in your life into places, man, that, you know, you go and you fight your demons and you dance with the devil and you go really, really hard into, into the world where maybe you need to face your fears. Um, 
if you can do that once or twice in your life, man, I think it'll give you a real, real solid foundation to continue building. Yeah. Tell me about um, what it means to be a warrior. You know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're talking about veterans or law enforcement, I mean, there's some real warfare stuff there, but I think we're talking more metaphor in life here. Right. Right. Um, So if you, if you really break down, okay, when we start looking at warriors um, to me, the way that the philosophy of the man of war developed, okay. First and foremost, the warrior lives by an exemplary code. That code of honor, some, some may call it an ethos. Okay. That's the reality, right? If you don't have that and you're not living by that, you cannot call yourself a warrior because every warrior culture, no matter where you look from the Zulus to the uh, native Americans, all the way across to the Celtics, uh, Vikings, um, Templars, uh, Spartans, the samurai, they all lived by a code. All, most of the codes were not written right? But they all knew that the, the, this tr- was transmitted from family to family, these codes. And when you look back and you say, well, what is a warrior in our day and age now? Well, yes, yeah, so a warrior has to have that protector instinct, has to be a man that will step up in the heat of battle, without a doubt. A man who will stand up for his beliefs, a man who can lead from the front, a man who lives by an exemplary code of conduct, all right? A man that is a transcendent father, husband, leader, visionary. In the end, truly, a man who follows a code and who is not only structured, but disciplined in his approach to life. But in the end, the structure and the discipline give him the freedom to create, to adapt on the fly, to overcome. So we're constantly pivoting in life. And if a warrior can't pivot, and cannot get over and under to the side of obstacles, he's going to be basically beat every time. And we need to constantly face life as a battlefield. So when I say a battlefield, I mean a battlefield, like like I, the, the way I view my day is I'm going into battle. I need to be victorious more than I lose. I'm gonna take my losses and I'm gonna learn from these losses and my victories, I'm gonna stack them to make me more confident. Will I learn from my victories? You bet your ass I'm going to learn from my victories, but I'm also going to learn from my losses and get better at them. So I won't lose again in that field. So it's a constant uh, game of, of chess. You want to be able to, at night, before you put your head on your pillow, you want to go to bed with a victory. I don't care how your day has been. You got to go with a victory. When you wake up, you have your first victory. Okay, we are warrior-minded men. This is what we do. Okay, we live for the battle. And if you don't have that energy or that that fire in your gut, I don't know what to tell you. You're missing life. Um, you're not going to leave a legacy. Um, they're going to people are going to look at you and never remember your name. And I don't know if that's what a lot of men want to do, but I'll tell you that that the men who are stepping up in this world, in this life, are men who have that fire in their gut. You talked about how some of this comes from your own personal experience. Maybe tell me about your own journey in this. What does that look like for you? Oh boy. Uh, so my journey basically started uh, when I was young. I started in the martial arts, five years old, started studying judo uh, and then studied a lot of different martial arts throughout my early 
um, 12 to 15. And then I started really, really focusing. Uh, I became an avid reader. Um, when I mean an avid reader, I have not, not read one day since I was 15 years old. And when I say this, people don't understand. I'm 51 now and I have not missed one day where I have failed to read at least six to 10 pages of a book or more. Okay. Every night. And my wife will tell you no matter what, where we are, I've been in the hospital in my deathbed with COVID and I still had books reading. All right. I, that's just who I am and how I learn and how I absorb and how I, I literally, for me, reading is one of the most important aspects. Now the next uh, just as important aspect is integrating what I read into my life. So from a very young man, I, I was able to implement what I read and integrate it into my life and take action on these um, ideas and manifest them into, you know, my life. Um, I continued, you know, training martial arts and uh, I became a, a avid practitioner of Zen Buddhism. Um, I studied Zen uh, directly from one of the first Japanese American Japanese uh, Roshis in the world. Um, <clears throat> and uh, when I say American Japanese, Amer American monks that studied in Japan uh, for many, many years in a monastery there. And uh, uh, he came down to the United States. I studied under him for, for a few years um, and got a tremendous amount of input and insight into uh, the warrior mind, uh, the ability to clear your mind. Uh, that has been predominantly in my life, it's been one of the most important components of building my philosophy. It's that clarity of mind, how we operate daily. And I've always been that, that quest of searching for the warrior mind for years and years. So not only did I study, but I trained very, very intensely in the martial arts. Uh, I became a Wall Street broker because <clears throat> I had an opportunity in my life. It was kind of like one of those de deals where I was like, huh, this is not really warrior-esque, but uh, the more I got into it, the more I realized that, man, yeah, this was a pretty, you know, there was a lot of aspects that were really, you have to have mental toughness in this market, especially as an active trader, learning how to, how to trade and read charts and analytics and things like that. So um, I did that for about 12 years until the rail, the bell rang and something came over me and I realized that for me to go out there and serve the community, I needed to do something. It was itching. There was something inside of me that I needed to do. So um, I turned to my wife and basically <clears throat> said, listen, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to step up and do something for the community. I want to go out there and do something proactive. <clears throat> she looked at me and she goes, what do you want to do? <clears throat> and I said, well, I want to get into law enforcement. Uh, within a year after that conversation, I was working for one of the most violent cities um, in the United States. A couple of years after, a uh, couple of years after that, doing my time and uh, basically being a very proactive police officer, I was assigned to the vice unit, became narcotics undercover agent, and assigned to a government-initiated task force uh, for a few years, and then to the DEA diversion tactical unit. Um, and uh, from there, basically, my career just, you know, flourished and then took off. I was a police academy instructor for almost 12 years. You know, SWAT, FTO, field training officer, hostage negotiator. Um, I did a lot 
uh, in my career. Uh, just about a month ago, um, after almost 17 years, I hung my badge. And uh, the reason why I did that is because Man of War, uh, which was a project that I started five years ago, was kind of like a side gig and then just took off. And um, we built a real business, a real organization with a lot of employees and a lot of uh, coaches involved. And, and this, you know, we have a major headquarters here in Boca Raton and uh, uh, it needed me 100% as a CEO. I needed to be here 100%. And I knew my mission had shifted uh, when I started this and I saw it take off. I knew that at one point that day would come. So um, as a leader of this movement and the leader of this organization, uh, you know, the man of war is the umbrella. The man of war crucible is one of our, you know, we also do, uh, we have, you know, the podcast, of course, uh, and we have, um, we have a, a consulting side of it. We have a, I do a lot of motivational speaking. Uh, and then there's an, another, we're going into the corporate world now, actually about a month and a half ago, we have some, some nice contracts that have come in with some major companies out there uh, that will be doing some leadership protocol and culture development. So, uh, we're branching out, but more importantly, the goal here is one is to build warriors, to build that warrior mentality. Um, that's where I am today. That's awesome. Your story is inspiring and you've sounds like you are the real deal in that you've got some real world experience that you're able to apply. You know, I, I think that's pretty cool. You know, a lot of people can, a lot of people like to talk to talk, but they haven't done anything. <laughs> Many of those. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> You know, I am um, one of the things I see a lot in this, you know, in this market is you've got the people who, you know, they spend 2000 bucks for a coach and then the coach just teaches them how to get other people to give them 2000 bucks to be a coach, you know, and, and there's yeah. nothing of any value actually added into that, you know, true, very true. And oh, I can't tell you, you know, because I, I, I research and I follow a lot of a lot of guys out there. Sure. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And then next thing you know, you start getting hit up with the instant messages on Facebook, and they're like, hey, yeah, you know, hey, guy, how's it going? You know, and then they try to hook you into basically it's just a Ponzi scheme because there's no product, no value, and you know what you're doing actually is looking at a lifetime of experience and then applying it to life. And it sounds like you probably do that with your the coaches and the people that you work with. You're like, this is let's make this worth it. You know, it's awesome. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and you're right about, you know, people, you know, we live in a society now where it's so easy to make money and it's not so, it's not so much that the, they're good businessmen going out there and creating products or anything worthwhile. What happens is that people are dumb. Okay. Our society has just, they're just completely dumb. Uh, and, and I hate to say that, but, but it's, it's the truth. I mean, you sh you can sell anything to anyone at any time and it's the easiest time in our history to make money. Now we'll say this, those guys that are trying to build and trying to get, you know, the, uh, get rich quick schemes where, you know, they're trying to do these Ponzi schemes and it's, you know, um, th those are not scalable businesses. And really those men for the most part of those individuals are, are very weak minded individuals. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hundred percent agreeing with you here where it's, uh, it, it's pretty sad to see that. So as we talk about this warrior code, you know, we're living by this ethos and we're pushing through and, and trying to level up and get better at what we do. What are, um, what do you think are the, some of the biggest hurdles that, that men run into as they're, as they're trying to do that? 
Well, first, first and foremost, men need to get their balls back. Okay. That, that's first and foremost, um, that internal drive, the internal fortitude, it's almost like their DNA has been completely swept from that. All right. That's the reality. Um, the next thing that is very, very close. Um, and I'll tell you this, and, and a lot of people don't like to hear this, but this is, I can prove it based on analytics and based on statistics, metrics, hundred percent. We've interviewed probably, well, we, we speak to over the last three years, I want to say we've spoken well over eight to 10,000 men spoken to probably interviewed about three, a little bit over 3000 men. Okay. And when I tell you that 98% of men are liars, 98% are weak-minded, 98% um, will tell you something they will, they're dishonorable. Um, it is 100% on point. And people will say, well, that's only 10,000 men. Well, let me tell you this. There are scientific research done with, <laughs> with less amount of people, okay, to come up with some bullshit uh, conclusion. I don't know if I can cuss. I apologize, but you're fine. Um, um, uh, you know, the conclusion on, you know, oh, we, we have, we took a random test of 500 men and this is what we found. Well, you know, I'm talking about close to 10,000 men and uh, it's sad to see that men are just weak like this. They're dishonorable. Uh, they're procrastinators indecisive. Um, they walk around like zombies, zero purpose. And then these type of men, unfortunately, what happens is they become haters. They become your typical troll on the internet, uh, constantly hating, constantly negative. They don't like to see other people succeed. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's sad. Um, and it, and it, but the way I look at it, unfortunately is, uh, listen, we exist because of this and we're going to be around for a long, long time because we don't see men in any way, shape or form getting stronger without some type of help and some type of assistance. And, you know, we just hope that what we put out there is something that really helps that really can transform. You know, we've saved marriages. We have saved men from the dark, dark darkness. Um, and we have saved men from, you know, help men become better fathers. We've helped them build businesses, little empires. And it's all so simple. It's all following a code, following a way of life and honor being in the forefront, right? If you're going to say something, you're going to do it. It's that disciplined approach. If you're going to shake a man's hand, right? You're going to shake it strong and you're going to look at him in the eyes, right? If you're going to, and this is why today I came on a couple of minutes late on your podcast because I felt I was in somebody else, but I didn't, I was confused. That's not an excuse for me that I don't like that. I don't like to, you know, show up even seven, eight minutes late. That is not an excuse for me. If you're not at least 10 or 15 minutes early, uh, you're late in my book, but that's a discipline that I live by. Um, so, um, some people say, well, that kind of discipline, you can't really not, you can't sustain that kind of discipline. Yeah, you sure can. You can absolutely. It's just how bad you want to live it that way. Um, and how strong you are internally. People don't realize that by having that type of discipline, they can really free themselves up in so many ways. 
Yeah, I think that to have that code that we live by, you know, I've got certain things that I just won't do. You know, certain things that I always do. And and I've got a lot of things that I want to do that I haven't done very well. You know, I mean, I think everybody's got that. So I've got sure. some things I'm still working on. But, um, you know, there's definitely that code and uh, that purpose. I actually, I think a lot of men never take the time to think about their purpose. Like, why are you here? Why do you exist? You're 100%. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know... It, if you ask most men, why are you here or why do you exist or what's your purpose? You know, what's your fire? Where's your fire? You know, what is, I mean, they, they don't have an answer. A lot of them will just say, well, I'm here because I'm a mechanic or an electrician or a doctor or I want to help people. You know, the very common uh, answer is hey, I want to help people, but that's just a blanket answer. You, you want to help people, but you're not doing anything. You know, and, and I'll touch another thing that is very important to know. And <clears throat> people mistake being a warrior minded man. For us, it's the man of war, right? Um, we get to the highest of levels as a warrior king, right? It's somebody that is dominating all facets of his life. And people mistake that because you're a warrior, you frown on making money. You frown on having financial freedom. Um you know, that that's not for, for a really, or a warrior minded man that that's for, you know, guys that are, you know, a little bit on the, on the, on the beta side or guys that are, you know, that that's not for us. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Okay. As a warrior minded man, living a life that embodies a warrior spirit, one of the most important elements that you bring to the table is to lead your family and give your family financial freedom. I can talk to you all day long and you can be a real cool dude, Tell me you got 25 years in the military or in law enforcement and you were special, this special, that assignment. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck and if you are basically sitting around and doing nothing about it to give yourself and your family that financial freedom to build, I think everyone, every warrior should do his best to build himself an empire around him, um, regardless of what you do. And people don't like to hear that. They're like, well, what about, you know, workers that work nine to five or whatever? Listen, I'm all about the old, old guy that will tell you the story. You know, he's 83 years old and said to me, listen, Rafa, you know, for 54 years, you know, I walked to the same pizza shop. I opened it. I served, you know, 200 customers and I went back home to my wife. I respect that greatly, 100%. Okay, is that the way that I want to live? No. Is that the way that I think has the most potential, that will drive the most potential out of a warrior man? No. If that's the way you want to live, great. Okay, great. I respect that. But if you want to take life to another level, you have to start doing things. You have to start creating. You have to start pushing. You have to start going into the discomfort zone. You have to start adapting, overcoming, improvising, seizing the moment. When you don't seize the moment, you let life slip you by. And I think that this is a big problem in our, in our generation now that we just let everything go by because we got the internet. You know, everything is right here in front of us, but you miss the reality of life within you. 
if a guy is in that spot, he's like, all right, I, I think I, I want that. I want financial freedom, but he's been a wage slave for 20 years or 10 years. You know, he's never thought about what that looks like. What, what does that look like? How does that, I mean, I know that obviously we could spend, you know, we could go through a long course about how to do that, but where, where do you start? Man, I could break it down so easy. Okay. Listen for the last, and then this is, I'm going to be very, very clear for the last 17 years since I got into law enforcement, there was not one day that I did not have a side gig, a side business. I worked, I would say 17, 18 hour days was my norm, was my norm throughout my law enforcement career. Even when I worked undercover and went a year undercover in the, in the medical and the uh, veterans affairs medical uh, center in the hospital, um, I still worked. I worked in man of war. I ran my own martial arts school. I ran a tactical training company. Um, regardless of that, I was working and creating and I was building. All right. That edge. And this is why I'm able, Josh, to be able to walk away and hang my badge and come here. I mean, the, the reality is that, you know, from the, you know, I took a, I took a monster pay cut. I mean, I took a, I took a 90% pay cut going from a wall street broker to a police officer. 90%. So for me to even hedge that, I had to have a side gig, you know, because there's no way that I could, you know, work on 40 grand a year. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I have family, kids, you know, and and, and I'm not going to be the guy that's going to live in a little shithole. Okay. And, and uh, you know, with my family, they're just, no, that's not, I, I, my wife. And so you understand this very clearly. My wife did not work one day. I was a sole supporter. Okay. When I say work, I don't mean it. I'm talking about right. work, you know, her job. She has, believe me, she has a very difficult <laughs> job. I wouldn't want, but uh, going out there. So I was a sole supporter and I found a way. So to answer your question is this, when guys go to work and they have an eight, 10 hour day. Okay. I'm just getting started at eight to 10 hours. So anybody and everybody could start building a side business little by little, by little, by little. If you have passion, man, throw a little money at it, start building it two hours a day, an hour and a half a day, three hours a day, build it. All right. Don't come to me and say, well, you know, I just don't know. Okay. Cause I did that. Okay. And look at where I am today. So the way that I look at things from a perspective, if I can do it, anybody can do it without a doubt. Okay. You just got to have, you know, you got to be disciplined. You got to have a structured approach and you got to have a tremendous amount of stamina. All right. You got to find that stamina. So, um, you know, and then not every man can do it. I mean, the reality is that there's a lot of guys that like to, you know, work their eight or nine hours and do their thing and then just come home drink a beer, watch TV and do the same shit all over again the next day. Okay. Um, but that's not, living a warrior lifestyle has nothing to do with that. So it's really a matter of looking at the things that you're passionate about and finding a way to monetize that, finding a way to turn that into a side hustle that can make you money, especially something that maybe, I mean, I don't believe in passive income is passive. You still have to work for it, but you know, it's better to work once on something. So it continues to, to give money. So, but I think, I think a lot of guys have a hard time picturing that. And, and maybe that's a good place for a good conversation, you know, 
you know, talk to a coach, talk to somebody and say, Hey, how do you think I can make some extra money? You know, I think that brotherhood is a good place for that to kind of grow out of, you know? Oh yeah. No, no doubt. You know, the, the, I shift that perspective a little bit. Um, so when I coach men who are, who are struggling at times and they want to be able to, to do something, it's not even most of the men that I'm coaching are guys that are pretty well off or CEOs of companies have their own, but, but they want to change that passion. They have a different passion. They want to make that shift. You know, one of the things that I let them know is, Hey, listen, you cannot just completely shut one side of your life out and then, you know, shift to the other. You have to slowly methodically, strategically kind of start blending it and doing it. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm all about speed. So don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those guys that are, I'm going to sit there for years and years. And then no, I'm all about speed. I'm all about doing today what I can as much as I can get accomplished today. However, you have to have a strategy behind that, a game plan behind that. So when you start, you know, shifting over and building a company and it's not just about money making because that's where a lot of people get it wrong. Because if you're just looking to make an extra few bucks, you're going to fall flat in your face. What's good. What you need to do is if you're going to do a side business, you got to make it a passion of yours. You got to really love it. Because the only way that you're going to ignite that fire and have that stamina to push you that extra two, three, four hours a day is if you truly love it. You know, so if it's just something about making money, I know a lot of guys do like Amazon and they do, uh, you, you know, um, little, um, how do you say it? Like uh, you go and you from China and you, they do their whole, they buy from China and, but, and that's quick money. But is that your passion? Is that truly something that you can scale and build and you feel like every month or every few months you're building? Um, that's hard to say, but for the most part, I would say you want to be able to stick to something that's uh, right here in your heart. Yeah, well, and I think the same thing is true even with your family, you know, uh, you know, yeah, you're working and you're, you're doing something out there, but you know, your family also needs you to invest in them. You know, your wife, your kids, they need that. I mean, you know, you, you have to find a good balance so that, yeah, if I'm going to dig into my side hustle and, and, and build that, I also have to make sure I don't neglect the most important responsibilities I've got in my life. Without a doubt. You know, I, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing my book here now. I'm about 85% complete. It's going to the editor at the end of this month. Um, and it's a long journey. It's taken me almost two and a half years to write this book. Um, you know, more than anything, just ebbs and flows, trying to find where I needed this to go. I finally, about six months ago, I was okay. Boom. I, I found the rhythm and, and I found where, where I needed it to go. Um, and as I, as I dive into, into that aspect here, it's men, when it comes to family, it is the most important especially, you know, obviously if you're married and you have kids and then um, it becomes the most important facet of your life. Now there, there's a, it, it's a two, it's a double-edged sword. You have to be able to give your family the time that they deserve. You have to be there for them. You have to lead them. Um, you can't just disappear because you love something and it's your passion and all of a sudden you're gone, you know, and you're not there and you're not present. Well, I will say this somehow, some way, 
working 17, 18 hours a day and missing holidays and birthdays through my tour of duties for many, many, many years, I still found a way to be present often, more often than not. Still found a way to lead my family. If you ask my family now, if, um, you know, they felt deserted by me, they will tell you, no, you know, we, we, we felt that somehow you were always there. You would, you would make that extra effort to be there for us and, and to lead and to feel like we had you. With that said, there is a different angle. A lot of men hinge their identity on their family. They hinge, you know, a lot of guys say, what's your purpose in life? And immediately, well, my family, I live for my family. No, no. You got to go deeper than that. Nobody's saying you don't love your family and your family is a priority, the most important thing in your life because they're your, they're your heartbeat. I understand that. But what is your purpose? How do you identify yourself? I mean, are you a man that is strong? Are you a man that is weak? Where are, where is your, where are your weaknesses, your strengths? Are you doing anything to get, you know, to work on your weaknesses? Are you improving? Is there any type of personal development in your life? What do you want to do? When you wake up in the morning, do you have that fire in your gut when your feet hit the ground that you're like, man, I'm 100%, I'm ready to go? Nah, man, this doesn't really exist. Bullshit. Guess what? I feel that every morning. I'm up at 4.30 and I have this fire in my gut. Sometimes I'm up earlier, 3.45, because I know I want to get here. I want to get to HQ. I'm, I'm looking to do things. I, I want to be able to, to, to reach people, you know, coaching calls overseas that sometimes I got to get up early. And I love it. I love it. Love it. I'm never, ever dragging ass because it's my passion. So, you need to find something, and this is for, for men out there that are searching, you need to find something that's going to do that for you. See, when, when police work, and I love police work, and I've, I'm, I'm, you know, I bleed blue, but the reality is um, it started to fade away a few years ago when I knew that I was making the transition here. I knew where my heart was, and I knew where my mission and my vision was, and I knew that I needed to follow this. So, it was a deep time in my life when I had to make the pivot. And um, do I miss police work? Yeah. I mean, I, of course I do. I miss it. Um, and, you know, but I, I, this was the best decision in my life. It has freed me up in so many ways. And I'm just like, right now, like, wow, this is what life feels like without having that there. You know, it's just, it's almost like you have a monkey off your back. It's uh an amazing feeling, really. I like to ask all my guests a couple of questions uh, towards the end of the show. And I think uh, the first one's definitely a very personal question. And it's uh, it always gets a little bit of a different response uh, from different guys. But let's let's just assume for a minute that young Rafa, five, six, seven years old, walks in the door. And, you know, he doesn't know necessarily that you're old Rafa don't worry about the physics and the time space continuum, but he walks in the door and you've got an opportunity to speak into his life, knowing what you know now, what do you want to tell him? First thing, do not burn your bridges. All right. That's immediately. Um, as a young guy, you know, I was pretty apathetic at times 
You know, I, I could care less about others' feelings. I was just one of those guys that I was so self-absorbed in the martial arts and the and the training. It was all about me, 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 me. Um, I felt like I burned a lot of bridges in my earlier days. And in reality, that's not the way that a warrior-minded man should operate. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is burn your ships. Burn them all. Okay, back yourself up into a corner. Stop giving yourself constant getaways, escape routes. If I would have learned that from a young, as a young man, I would have been able to accomplish much more than I did. Um, a lot of times, you know, as a young man, you have too many options, B, C, D, and E, right? You'll be able to, okay, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that important. And I'm a big believer that you burn your ships, you back yourself up against, against a wall, and that's how you're going to perform your best. Those are the two things that I would tell myself without a doubt. Awesome. And then my next question is this, what is the best advice that you've got for the men that are listening today? All right. First and foremost, um, and this is going to be a little bit, um, may trigger some people. Okay. You got to find yourself. You got to find who you are. If you are weak in mind, you need to start strengthening your mind. If you're weak in spirit and that internal fortitude and that drive and that grit, and you don't have it in your life, you need to go search for it and find it and build it. But more importantly, you need to find that lion heart, right? That, that heart of a lion inside, because men who walk around with just a, a little bit of a heartbeat, right? That low rated heartbeat. They're the same guys that give you that clammy handshake, that soft clammy handshake. I'm going to tell you this. You need to number one, carry yourself as a confident man. You need to not only walk the walk, but be able to articulate your words, be able to communicate yourself with confidence. If you're able to do what I just said here and integrate it into your life, you'll be a changed person. It takes just changing that mindset, perception of who you are. Simple things as talking, walking, even the way you dress. You know, I talk a lot about this. The way a man dresses and he carries himself speaks volumes of himself. So little things that you can take and start shifting and shaping your life, man, will make tremendous impact overall. Finally, if you get up, uh, if you fall down a hundred times, you know what? Get up 101 times. Okay. That's all I can say. There's no such thing as quit. You should always look at the devil in the eyes, take him down and beat his ass. That's the mindset that you should always have. Awesome. I appreciate it. So if we've got guys that are listening today that want to know more about what you're doing and, pay, you know, kind of tap into what you're doing with Man of War, what's the best way for them to get plugged in? Uh, uh, IG uh, and Instagram, uh, Man of War with two R's. Um, I've been trying to get that one with R, but <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a ghost. I've been at, having that now for about four years. So Man of War with two R's. Uh, you can go to YouTube. It's uh, look for Man of War, youtube.com forward slash Man of War. And basically follow me on any other social media. I mean, Man of War podcast is, uh, you know, you can find that anywhere. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, whatever that uh, podcast that comes out every week. Um, but pretty much in all the social media sites. 
Awesome. I appreciate it very much. And I'm looking forward to your book coming out when that's all through. Make sure you let us know. I'd love to pick up a copy of it myself. So awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me on and continue doing God's work, man. I think you're on the right track here and you're building something very powerful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Same to you. Thanks, man. All right, man. Shout out to Rafa for an amazing interview. I appreciate you. I appreciate your insights, my friend. Please go check out Rafa's page and see if there's something there that you can learn to help you level up as a man. Also, if you want to level up as a man, we want to help you. Go to the Manlyhood Man Cave on Facebook and join the group. Share your thoughts. Let's discuss. Let's grow together as men. Anyway, gentlemen, I love you. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.